What's happening? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today we're going to talk about Coach Prime. I just read an article today about how much money Coach Prime is making for the University of Colorado, and the numbers will blow your mind. But as you know, and I hate doing this, but I'm going to have to do a little bit of I told you so on this one because uh, Coach Prime was a valuable asset for the black community. And I think a lot of wealth just got lost. So get comfortable, buck up a seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. And before we get started with our conversation, because we are going to talk about Coach Prime and uh, the guy that I admire, his jersey. I got an autographed copy of his jersey behind me because I've always been a fan of Coach Prime and I'm all, I've always been a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, anyway, uh, before we get started on that, let's do a quick audio check. Can you guys let me know? Give me a yes or no if you can hear me. Give me a quick yes in the chat if you can hear me. Also, shout out the city you're from. Let me know what city you guys are from. I'd like to know where the B1 family is. Is located. I see Jacosta in Las Vegas, Jerv in San Antonio, uh, Dr. Conrad in Arizona. Good to see you, Dr. Conrad. Uh, let's see, Antonio out of Cleveland, John Thompson. Good to see you. Uh, Memphis all day. Uh, who else? My name is Corey from Baltimore. Good to see you. What's up, everybody on Instagram? My Instagram is Dr. Boyce Finance. So if you're looking for me on the gram, uh, just know that apparently I get sometimes I guess because I tell my truth as a black man, sometimes you get deplatformed, but it's OK. We had a backup page. So if you want to go to my backup Instagram, you can go to Dr. Boyce Finance and uh, and check and hang out with us there. Also, don't forget this podcast is on Spotify. It is also on Apple. Anywhere you get your podcast, you can find me. Just look up the name Boyce Watkins on there and you will find it. All right. So, Coach Prime, uh, let's talk about Deion Sanders. Now, first off, I want to begin at the beginning. If you, if you please don't come up in here talking about you be hating, man. You be hating. You be hating. Let that man. You know, you got people. You got you know. You got the Negro naysayers who find a problem for every solution. Who just want to hate on everything. So they come in. and We got a little Negro naysayer puppet. He be like, you be hating, man. You be hating. You be. Why are you talking about that man money? Why are you talk about that? That man got a right to go where he he ain't got to be at no HBCU. HB. Who want to be at a HBCU? And I'm like, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Calm down. Before you get mad, ain't nobody hating on Dion. And nobody is saying, give me a yes if we can agree. Can you agree, sir? Yeah, give me a yes if you can. we can agree uh, and tell the Negro naysayer that uh, maybe we call him Harold or something. We, we uh, Tell him that we are not hating on Dion. Uh, we love Dion. I love Dion. I don't know if y'all love Dion. Love, I, love, I love Dion. I do. I, I have his autographed jersey on my wall. 
because I was a fan of Dion's before you were a fan of Dion's. I remember, uh, I'm old enough to remember back, I'm 52, so I'm not no kid. I'm old enough to remember uh, when he was Mr. Primetime. I remember when he would he would tell everybody he was about to run a punt back for a touchdown and he could do actually do it. He had an extraordinary speed. I remember when he was too legit to quit back in Atlanta. Remember that when he had MC Hammer on the sideline? Like, I remember all of that, right? So I watched Dion's career. It, with 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 tremendous respect and admiration uh and but but also because i have just as much if not more respect actually more respect and admiration for the people in this room i have to tell the truth about what i am seeing because just like dion dion was a, is a great athlete right he's the best in history in nfl history at his position uh I'm, I'm 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 decent friends with another florida state superstar that played the same position by the name of dr myron roll myron and i were chatting back and forth on twitter he sent me a copy of his book he's now officially a neurosurgeon i believe he graduated from harvard so shout out to him for being the man that he is and i told him that person i said man i have so much respect for you so 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 let's let's be clear that this is not uh, hating on Dion, it's a matter of really kind of getting some information and kind of breaking some things down. Okay. So give me a yes if it's okay if we can like have a grown up conversation and not get into uh, a, a black or white, you know, oh, you be hating, you know, that, that teenager language. We ain't got to do all that, man. We grown up in here. We, we can we can say the truth and still say we love you. But the reason we are telling you the truth is because we love you. Give me a yes in the chat if you understand where I'm coming from on this. Uh, just like Dion was the, is that dude on the football field and he was he's the best in history at his position. Well, I'm pretty good in my position, too. He, he's that dude in football. Well, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm that dude in finance. So let's just, I was the only black man or woman on the planet to get a PhD, a doctorate in finance in the year 2002. I'm not bragging. It's just a fact. So uh, so the same way he can see things uh, it, with, with superstar uh, supervision on the football field, I can see things with superstar vision on the financial field. I can see things in ways other people don't. So it doesn't mean that I am trying to be mean. It just means that I am trying to help you understand what happened to your money. Where, where, what happened to black wealth? So so now that we sort of address this, let, let's talk about Dion. And I know he's got some game a game today against Oregon. It's going to be a real test. I am a, a football fan. I went to Ohio State. I watch. Uh, I'm a Saturday afternoon football guy, like a lot of a lot of the guys in here. And uh, and and I'm hoping that they win this game today. He's been doing a great job uh, as a coach at Colorado. And here's the thing: I always knew he'd do a great job wherever he was a coach. And uh, and one of the things that I've been very vocal about is that I was deeply concerned about the idea that the minute Dion gets some momentum at Jackson State, he gets scooped right up by Colorado, right? Uh, and now this was not this was taken by some people to sound offensive toward Dion, but it wasn't offensive. It was more so to say, come on, man, every time we get something good, y'all come along and y'all just write a bigger check, right? And 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 the reason that that is uh, a t a something I want to break down is because you don't understand that uh, that that the white man has the ability to write bigger checks than black people because he prints the damn money. He prints the money. So so the ability to keep your best assets by always writing the biggest check is going to be hard to do if you're black. It's just it's, it's difficult. There's this thing you may have heard of it called the racial wealth gap. 
uh, where for 400 years, white people pretty much stole our wealth. It's a fact. It's documented. Go read. If you don't believe me, go read Dr. Claude Anderson's books, Black Labor, White Wealth. Go read books like Poweronomics. Give me a yes if you know even an inkling of the history of what has happened to black wealth and how much of that wealth has been stolen uh, since the days of slavery. Right. And if you're not sure, don't worry. In the Black Business School, we got you covered. We have free training every Wednesday night on Poweronomics. We, I have been for the last three years every Wednesday night reading word for word all of the books written by Dr. Claude Anderson so you understand exactly how we got the country that we have right now so you'll understand exactly why Colorado will for the next 100 probably 200 years have more money than Jackson State they they just are they're going to have more money than Jackson State so so why do I bring this up well because I hear a lot of people that'll say well if Jackson State really wanted him they would have paid him like Colorado paid him. You know, they, Colorado offered him five million. Jackson State didn't even offer nothing like that. Well, what you got to understand, let me do some quick numbers for you just so you can understand the difference here. Um, Colorado has an annual budget, I believe, of about $1.1 billion, billion with a B. Their endowment, the endowment at the University of Colorado, which is pretty much a, honestly, it's just kind of a mediocre white university. It's not even in the elite. It's not even, it's not Harvard. It's not Stanford. It, their endowment, is bigger at the University of Colorado, that measly little mediocre school has an endowment that is bigger than all of the top eight HBCUs combined. Combined. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I just said? Their endowment is bigger, and I think it might even be top 10. Their endowment is bigger than what I believe to be the top 10 HBCUs combined. So effectively, they've got an advantage economically and a racial advantage that it's hard to beat. It's hard to beat. So, so here's the thing: if if your only criteria on uh, what a person should do in America is based on who's got the most money, then you know you should probably just call yourself a white supremacist because white folks have all the money, so they're always going to be able to outbid you when it comes to maintaining control of your best assets. So why is it that they can't come in your house and buy, say, one of your children? Well, they kind of do, actually, because you send your children to the public schools and to the corporate plantation, to, you know, and, and you're pretty much selling them to society, just so you know that. But we can talk about that later. Uh, but still, what keeps them from doing that? Well, because your children mean something to you that's more than money, right? And, and the, so the question I always ask Black folks, as a finance professor, I ask this question. I say, okay, I'm, we understand money matters. Money is very important. But I ask you, Black man, Black woman, what do you own? What do you possess that money can't buy? Like, what do you have that money can't buy? Right. And, and, and so 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 ultimately, I think that that's an important question that we have to ask. Right now. Um, now, now we know HBCUs are not perfect. We know HBCUs screw up all the time. We know HBCUs have flaws. And I see black people who will say, well, you know, the HBCUs, they don't be doing right. They be messing the students over. And yeah, that does happen for sure. But also, if you're going to look at the bad things HBCUs do, you also got to look at the good. Give me a yes if you agree with that assessment. If you're going to talk about where they messing up, then are you also talking about when they're lifting up? Right. Because if you got to talk about when the HBCUs are messing up, I want you to also talk about when the University of Colorado messes up. Give me a yes or no. Do you think that if I went to the University of Colorado and talked to all, every black student that's ever attended that school and said, does that school have a racial issue? Do they have a problem with racism? Do you think any any of the students might say, yeah, they are, they're kind of racist? You, you know, let me give you an example. I went to Denver one time and they had a uh, uh, I went through this building. It was one of the, the uh, I think it was University of Colorado, Denver, their campus. And they had a, a pictures of like 
100 or 200 of their faculty on this wall. It's a very long wall. Now, remember, I'm a, I have a PhD in finance. I was on the faculty of Syracuse University for many years. So I knew what I was going to see on this wall. I went down the wall and I played a little game with myself. I said, let me see if I can find a single black person on this wall. And do you know that when I went down this wall and I saw over 100 or 200 people on this wall, they were all professors at these universities that they'd hired through the years with your money, by the way, they buy your athletes and then they raise money, make money with those athletes, put them on TV, and then they use that money to pay these people. Not one single black person was on that wall. So do you think that that's racist, that you have a hiring record where, that's, where you barely ever, if ever, hire black people, or that you have several departments on your campus that have never in the entire 100-year history of that school ever hired a black person? Do, do, do you think that might be a little bit racist? What do y'all think? Do you, or do you think that that's just the way it is because Negroes, all we know how to do is dribble basketballs, throw footballs, bust raps, twerk, and tell jokes. Is that is that what you think about us? That, like, that people like me just don't exist? Intelligent black people who can do engineering and who are lawyers and doctors and dentists who aren't six foot four, 240 pounds and run the 40-yard dash in, in 4.3 seconds? Like, Do you think that we exist or are we just persona non grata? Right. So so here's my point I want to make to you. Anybody who comes up in here talking about what the HBCUs are not doing right. I'm with you. They need to be dealt with and held accountable. I saw that. I've seen so many controversies at the HBCUs. It's crazy. Right. But still, if you're going to be critical, don't be a racist when you're being critical. See, because y'all don't say the Negro naysayer has a problem. It's a mental illness. Actually, the Negro naysayer will notice everything that's wrong with black people but won't notice a damn thing that's wrong with white people. Give me a yes if you know what I'm talking about. They will point out that when you know that, the Negro, yo, let me tell you about what the Negro did in 1982. He he stole a bag of biscuits and, and the Negro didn't never give the, the money back. And he that's why he always going to be a criminal in my book, right? But then the white guy comes in and he will jack a billion dollars out of your community. He will literally sneak in the back door, write a big check, Scoop up one of your billion-dollar assets called, say, Deion Sanders, who is a billion-dollar asset, and will walk out the door, and black people will be like, "Yeah, that's right. You get, you take him, boss. You take him. That's that's what that's what we want. We we cheering for him, right? So so here's the thing. I understand if you are okay with Deion making his own decision because Deion's his own man. He has every right to do whatever he wants to do for him and his family. I have no right on any planet to question that. However, I do have a right to state an opinion that might help you understand at the very least why your community doesn't have any wealth. See, has anybody seen, give me a guess if you've seen any of the charts that show you where black wealth or black wealth is here, white wealth is way up here. Have you seen any of the exam? Have you seen all the charts? There's a thousand of them that show you, you know, they'll say like, well, the, you know, the <laughs> even in the richest black counties like Prince George's, they'll be like, well, the, the median white family wealth is 1000 times greater than the median black family. wealth. has anybody seen all these charts? Right. And, and some people want to say it's because black people are lazy or some people want to say it's because black people are just stupid and white people are geniuses. Some people want to say it's because black people don't want to work hard. Black people don't want to try black people. Well, whatever you believe, let me tell you something that I have observed. Here's what happens in the game of capitalism. I know capitalism better than a man knows his ex-wife. That's why I'm not a capitalist. I'm not a hardcore capitalist. I believe in business and free enterprise. I do have a PhD in finance. It's real. It's not one of those, you know, summertime degrees. I've seen people call themselves doctor and, and they ain't, ain't a doctor of nothing. I, I spent years, I was in school till I was 31 years old, studying eight, nine, 10 hours a day, doing nothing but studying economics and finance. And let me tell you one little thing I've observed about your community. 
Whenever you get the reason, one of the reasons you don't have any wealth and the reason you're not closing the wealth gap is because whenever you get something good, they come along and buy it. Capitalism ain't nothing but a game of big bank take little bank. So, so the next time, let me just tell you what's going to happen. Let's say that there's another coach prime that comes along. There's another guy that's got that swag. I think he's one of a kind. I really do. That's why I got his jersey on the wall. He represents winning. He represents manhood. He, he even talks about how he wants to raise his players to be young men. And yes, sir. No, sir. Intelligent, educated. And all this. Like I, I admire that immensely. I, he said, I want them to be uh, husbands and fathers, not baby daddies. You know, y'all know me. If you've been watching my podcast, you know that I love that. I, I'm all for that rhetoric. But but here's the thing. Let's, but, but let's say that there's another Deion Sanders that comes along and he picks it. He picks an HBCU and he's doing a great job and he's bringing attention to the school. And they start making boatloads of money. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? Oh, well, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Texas Tech is going to say, you know, we, we need to reignite our football program. And and we've got a two, three billion dollar endowment. So we got we got more money than the Negroes do. So all we got to do is go in their neighborhood and cherry pick do another Jackie Robinson because remember that, that when they pulled Jackie Robinson out of the Negro leagues, that's what killed the Negro leagues. And, and, and we could just write a big enough check because we all know Negroes are always for sale because they have nothing in their community and they have no assets that are so sacred that we can't come in and write a check. And, and I, I encourage you to understand how you literally at that point are just playing a losing game. You literally, you're, you're playing a losing game. You're never going to win the game of big bank take little bank because their bank is a hundred times bigger than your bank. Their bank, is, your, your bank, it's going to take you four five hundred years for your bank to match the size of their bank. Okay. So anyway, do me a favor, please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I see a fake Dr. Boyce account right here in my Instagram, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to block all these accounts. And so if you ever see a fake account of mine that's friended you and is reaching out to you in your private DMs, offering to get you to sign up for a crypto account and telling you you could triple your money in two weeks. That is not me. I don't do that kind of thing. So uh, so I see that person and I can't, I'm trying to block them or something from the page, but I can't. I'm hitting the button. It won't let me do it. So I'm gonna just have to do it later. But I just want to warn everybody. I think I saw 40 TikTok accounts that were pretending to be me. So please be careful. Uh, anyway, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, you're watching drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to remind everybody the All Black National Convention is less than a month away. Uh, that is where intelligent black people get together to solve problems in our community. We're not there for anybody else except ourselves and our families, and we are planning the future. We're also we also have a ton of fun. Uh, we cover we bring experts in from every area that, uh, of life of black people, from politics to relationships to wealth. Of course, of course, we got you covered on wealth. So if you want to join us, just go to allblacknationalconvention.com. You can always be a vendor as well. If you have a black owned business and you want to find people that love to support black owned businesses, the convention's the place for you. And we have a lot of great people there all the way from people that, uh, that, that maybe, uh, you know, just quit their job or, or, or maybe their income is not where they want it to be all the way up to billionaires. We had billionaire Mike Roberts there last year. We had, um, uh, was, uh, Larry Miller, the CEO, former CEO of the Air Jordan brand. He's now the chairman of the board. Uh, he was the one that got Michael Jordan's company up to three or four billion dollars a year to the point where they're threatening Nike in terms of how much money they make so we have the best geniuses on the planet that care about our people so uh if you're interested in coming to the convention just go to all black national convention 
Prime.com. All right, so let's get back to Coach Prime. All right, so I want to reiterate, I have to keep doing this because people uh, will, will will jump in and um, and they'll start saying, you be hating. You know, that's the favorite phrase that people have, the favorite phrase of the Negro naysayer. I encourage you, after you say you be hating, um, I want you to understand, number one, I don't hate Deion. I, I actually loved him before you did because I've been, I've always been a fan of Deion Sanders. That's why his jersey's on my wall. Uh, and I leave it, I'm leaving it up there because I just I just won that jersey actually in a raffle. They, I, well, it wasn't a raffle. I had to bid in for charity, right? I bid in him out, and I was in second place. But the first place guy, he didn't call back, and I was super happy because I've always been a Cowboys fan too, and I love excellence. Um, and, and now what I want to say in terms of, of Dion and the, and the money situation. Let me read an article to you from the Bleacher Report about uh, about Dion and how much money he's making for the school. Now, one thing that I said months ago that uh, a lot of people thought was a little weird was I said months ago, Dion is underpaid. I said Dion has uh, something that is more important than coaching ability that he's bringing to Colorado. He has charisma. He brings attention, right? Attention is a commodity. It is a multi-million, multi-billion dollar commodity. And so I said that Colorado is going to pay Dion $5 million a year, and they're going to make the business deal of the century. They're going to make $100 million a year off this guy in his presence on that campus. And uh, and, and I, I don't know what people thought about it one way or the other. Again, people thought, you know, you'd be hating. It's like, no, I'm not hating. I actually want him to get the, his share of the money. But I also reiterated that my bias is that I tend to care about black institutions. Uh, my bias is that I notice that black institutions don't typically succeed because whenever they get something good, uh, someone comes along and plays big bank, take little bank, and they come and they buy whatever good asset you have, and they leave behind the assets that don't have the same value. So the same thing happened in the Negro Leagues. We are trained, and this is brainwashing that they're giving you as a kid. We're trained as children Pay attention. Remember when you were trained as a kid to celebrate Jackie Robinson like that was a touchdown for the black community? My question is, where where, what, where on earth can you point to me that black people are better off since we uh, achieved the successes of the civil rights movement and integration? Are we are we getting better education for our kids? Yes or no. Uh, are we um, wealthier than we were back then? Uh, Yes or no? I mean, we, we own fewer businesses now. We own less land than we did 100 years ago. So so have we benefited economically? No, we just we feel better, right? Because we get to be in whatever space we want. And there's some value there. But at the same time, uh, overall, uh, there are people who are questioning integration and questioning the things that you're led to celebrate. You celebrate the Jackie Robinson effect when actually the Jackie Robinson uh, uh, theft uh, basically led to the destruction of the Negro Leagues. And remember, when you have one person or one asset that has a lot of financial value, other assets become connected and correlated to that, right? They become connected, right? So when the Negro Leagues were going from city to city, filling up stadiums, that created thousands and thousands and thousands of businesses that were connected to that entity. Just like when Dion was down in Jackson State and he's bringing in ESPN game day, he's bringing in the first big corporate sponsorships, he's filling up stadiums. Well, thousands of people, tons of businesses are being built off of that, right? So when when the, the, the shine of prime is gone and it goes to Colorado, well, now Colorado and their community, the Colorado community, gets those $100 million a year benefits that would have gone to Jackson State, a city that can't even get clean water. They can't even get clean water, right? And, and so so what people will say is they'll say, well, if Jackson State wanted to keep him, they would have bid as much as Colorado. But again, I mentioned to you that because of the racial wealth gap, Black people just don't have the same amount of money. So uh, to say that 
the reason black people are poor is because they don't spend or invest the amount of money necessary for them to not be poor. It's kind of weird. It's kind of it's kind of like if I leave my wife and I say, baby, I love you. You all that you you all that in a bag of peanuts. But I met a white girl. I met a pasty white girl in Colorado named Becky. And uh, and she's got 10 million dollars in the bank. So uh, I'm going to make it fair to you, baby. If you if Be- Becky's bidding 10 million dollars for my services, you know, of of which uh, some of which uh, can't be shared in this conversation. Uh, but 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 if you bid, if you outbid Becky, if you can pay ten million like her, then I'll stay here, right? And then if she says, "Boys, how could you leave me and go date this this lady?" I mean, she's not even attractive. All she is is rich, right? But but you, know, you don't even like white girls, right? But I could be like, "Well, you know, baby, yeah." But 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 I mean, I I was I made it fair for you if you really wanted to keep me. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you really wanted to keep me, then you would have came up with t- with the ten million to keep me. You obviously don't value me enough. And then if I have homeboys that are backing me up in my in my debauchery, they will say, "Yeah, yeah." Cause remember that time you asked her to cook you breakfast and she didn't cook you no breakfast. See these these hoes be tripping. These black women. That's what's wrong with them. They done it right. And remember that time where where you went to the store and you bought home the wrong peanut butter and she yelled at you for bringing home the wrong peanut butter. See, if she wanted to keep you, she would have treated you right. Ain't no talking about Becky. Everybody's making the assumption that Becky is going to be a wonderful spouse. Everybody's making the assumption that Becky is okay because ain't nobody talking about what Becky has done to people. Ain't nobody talking about what kind of wife Becky will be. Everybody's pointing at my black wife and, and pointing out her flaws. That's what people are doing with Jackson State in Colorado. All the people that are that, that were blanketly quickly asserting that Dion was better off leaving Jackson State had a whole lot of stuff to say about Jackson State, but didn't say one damn thing about Colorado. Didn't say nothing about Colorado. Assuming Colorado is like heaven. Now I want y'all, I want you seriously, let's ask a real, real, real question real quick. Yes or no? Just so. What if Colorado didn't offer Dion? What if they didn't offered no money? Like, what if Colorado was just like, we're not going to pay you anything. We're going to pay you exactly what you were making at your old job. And they wanted to bring Dion up to Colorado. Can you name anything about that school? That one in eleven football team, that that pasty school in this cold city that ain't got no soul to it whatsoever. Can you name one thing about going to Colorado that would make you want to leave a black institution to go there? I mean, you go to you look at the you saw the Jackson State games. They were they were they were hype. People were excited. There was beautiful black people in the stands. Right. It, 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 the barbecue cooking in the <laughs> in the parking lot. Right. Just all these things that come with being black. Right. But now you're leaving. You're going to Colorado. It's going to be cold. It's going to be like lots of skinny white women up there. Um, You know, lots of, you know, I guess uh, vanilla pudding and stuff and, and potato salad with with raisins in it or something. Right. Like you're, you're good. Like, really, is there anything about going there that uh, would make you go there if it wasn't for the money? What do y'all think? Yes or no? Yes or no? Give me a yes or no. So remember, remember, Dion had a song a long time ago. Anybody remember when Dion did that uh, rap video back in the day? He was great back in the day. He did a lot of cool stuff. He did that song. Remember that? What was his song called? Must be the money that's turning in. Oh, must be the money. Must be the money. And can I go wrong? Right? So, so, so Dion, I mean, that's what it is. It must be the money. It's, it's only the money. That's the only thing that allows Colorado uh, to have this man who I think would have been a tremendous asset 
for a black institution. And if you're not in the mindset of institution building, then you're not going to understand what I'm saying at all. Right. But but see, the thing is that there are some people who get it. Uh, anybody who's ever built a major corporation, the people who built McDonald's from nothing into the multi-billion dollar empire that it is, they were into institution building. They could have went and got a job, but they chose to focus on their little non-existent business. The people that run uh, major corporations, you can name any any corporation out here, Google. They get Sergey Brin and Larry, Larry uh, whatever his name is, when they started Google, they could have gotten great jobs. They had PhDs from Stanford, but instead they were pouring into their own institution. You couldn't buy them away from their job. They got plenty of job offers making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And they said, no, we don't want to go. When Mark Zuckerberg got offered, he got offered a billion dollars to sell Facebook. And they said, well, you, of course you're going to take the money. He said, no, no, no. The, the, owning Facebook is more important to me than a billion dollars. Right. So, so there are people out there that, that get it. There are people who will say, yeah, yeah, I appreciate the money. But the reason you're offering me this money is because you you see things that you hope that I don't see, but I see the same thing you see. And I know that what we're building here at Jackson State is something that's going to be worth hundreds of millions of dollars a year one day, right? It may not grow as quickly because we don't have what you have. We don't have the connects you have. We don't have the 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 the, uh, the, the national reach that you have. We're in a different conference, right? And even Dion brought that up. Dion was talking about his son Shador, who's an extraordinary quarterback. And he said, he's been that guy. He's been playing like that. Y'all just didn't see him because he was at an HBCU. He said, I guess your TVs didn't work. You could tell there was frustration there because even Dion understands what I am saying here. And, and I say it repeatedly in a certain way to make sure you understand and that he also understands this ain't no critical statement. This is really about thinking about what type of vision, what level of vision is going to be necessary for you to really try to build a community because you can't build nothing if, if every time you get some momentum, somebody comes and buys you out. You understand? You know, if somebody could come along and if somebody, you know what, if, if if all I wanted to do was be in the place that offered me the most money, I would have stopped doing this stuff that I do with y'all every day. I would have stopped this in about 2009 because I do, you know, when I was at Syracuse, I used to send students to Wall Street and they would go to Wall Street and make millions of dollars and they'd have to deal with none of the craziness uh, that I deal with on the internet, people don't know what they're talking about, you know, being nasty and critical. And I, I got death threats and all kinds of good. I could have just went to Wall Street and lived happily ever after and got more money. Actually, it would have been easier. But instead, I said, you know, I think I want to build something. I want to build this thing called the Black Business School. And uh, it ain't much, you know, it, but it, but it's, it is something we've made over 20 million dollars. Uh, we have reinvested almost all of that money into black institution building. We have invested a lot of that money into supporting Dr. Claude Anderson of the Poweronomics Corporation. We have invested that money into black owned schools like the ones uh, run by King Randall and uh, Freedom Home Academy International. We have hired lots of black people. We have also taught over 10 million black people how to invest for the first time. In fact, I would I'd be willing to bet you that if you ask those guys over at InvestFest, uh, who were some of the originators on this black financial literacy black wealth trip they would they would mention me they know they've all they know who i am and i know who they are and i love what they're doing i have so much admiration for them because this is what i dreamed of i wanted black wealth to be part of our culture and i believe we have changed the culture so so my point is to say that um you know is that i'm not really saying that dion is a bad person for what he did i'm saying that the, my heart was broken because because i have so much respect for him because i saw Everything that they're seeing right now, I saw this a long time ago. And also, I encourage you to give give Jackson State some credit before you go shit all over them. Like, give them some credit for one thing. Can you at least give them credit for this? Do you, you guess how many 
of these big white universities were willing to hire Dion just two or three years ago. Guess, guess how many of these big schools, the Colorados, you know, the Alabamas, the Mississippis, the Florida states, guess how many of these institutions were willing to give Dion a chance when no back back when he wasn't coaching at the college level? Do y'all, do y'all know the answer to that question? Does anybody know? Anybody been following this? I've been following it. I follow it closely because I I've always believed in the guy. Nobody, nobody was willing to give him a chance. Jackson State gave him a chance when nobody did. And so the minute he kind of blows up, suddenly they write the big check. They say, okay, thank you for vetting him out. Thank you for preparing him for us. And now we're going to come in and we're going to take over from here. Right. And this is what they did with your hip hop. You develop hip hop. You had uh, DJ Cool Herc and Grandmaster Flash and KRS-One and all these great uh, originators of, 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 of the whole genre built a whole trillion dollar industry right there in the South Bronx. And then they came along and they said, um, okay, thank you. Uh, we'll take it from here. <laughs> and next thing you know, they're making more money from your art form than you're making. How in the hell did that happen? Well, a lot of it happened because the people that created hip hop, in my view, weren't thinking about empire building or institution building. They weren't necessarily thinking about the business side. There were some exceptions, like my friend Russell Simmons. Uh, I know Russell. I've worked with Russell on many occasions. He's I, I, I found him to be an honorable person as far as celebrities go. He really he always kept his word. Anyway, uh, Russell understood what was happening with hip hop. That's why he all, he was such an originator. That's why he was connected with the Curtis Blow and Run DMC and, and Def Jam and all that stuff because Russell saw that. He saw what I would have seen. Very few people saw these things. So what I'm saying to you is that at the end of the day, you have to sort of process this and say, what is happening? Why is black wealth kind of being sucked away? Somebody mentioned Versus. Yeah, I think Versus got bought too. I'm not making fun of it. I'm not criticizing these individuals. I'm just saying that you, maybe you should ask yourself, like, why you sold out your entity so quickly, but Mark Zuckerberg got offered a billion dollars and never sold nothing. Mark Zuckerberg still hasn't sold his stake in Facebook. He sold um, a percentage of it. He sold a large percentage when he went public. Uh, and that's what made him worth, you know, $100 billion or whatever he's worth. But he still, to this day, never let go of the reins of control of his most valuable asset. And that's why he's worth a hundred billion dollars and not just worth a hundred million dollars. Cause he could have, he could have easily just said, okay, you can have it all here. Thank you for writing the big check. And, and, and that's the key to investing sometimes is that uh, in many cases, and this is actually proven through study after study. Um, uh, John Rogers, who's a billionaire, black billionaire in Chicago wrote a whole long article about how black, the black community loses a lot, a lot of wealth because we sell our assets too quickly. We allow fear to drive our decision making that causes us to sell out very fast. Right. And because we don't have we also don't have a culture that values ownership. We value income. So when people talk about Dion, they were looking at the five million dollar salary instead of looking at the hundred million dollars a year that Colorado is making from the fact that Dion is able to sell a million dollars worth of sunglasses in 24 hours. Right now, this now I don't think Dion's going to end up. Uh, hurting from this. I think Dion is a smart man. He's going to negotiate the contract that he really deserves. Eventually, they're going to end up having to pay him more, well over $10 million a year. Uh, in fact, that's what it says in this article. At the same time, uh, the question I always ask is, where does the Black community and Black institution building fit into this? Where do you get past the model of having yet another rich Negro who is who has disappeared from the community? Who's now working across the street with people that don't want nothing to do with the rest of y'all? You don't. They don't want Colorado. Don't really want y'all around. They but they do want your athletes and they do want your prime time. That's what they want. 
But but go out there and, and, and try to see try to see if you have a PhD. I want you to go try to see if you can get a job as a computer science professor and see how quickly they pass you up so they can hire some guy from India or a white guy from from Silicon Valley. No, seriously, you know, I want you to go there and try to, you know, I don't know, try to be on the board of trustees and and see how quickly they 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 laugh at you uh, when you try to go do something outside of play a sport or entertain them. Right. So 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 ultimately, that's kind of the role that we've been sort of cast into. And I personally kind of resent it a little bit. I kind of think that we're better than that. I believe we deserve more than that. I love our athletes and all this other stuff. I mean, again, I told I, I, I repeatedly state how much I admire Coach Prime just so we can get off that silly talk like you be hating, you be hating. Stop that, man. You you 45 years old. You need to be able to take your thoughts past that first you be hating sentence and really start doing some critical analysis and understanding why as black men in general, we're not good guardians of our community. That's one of the reasons why we don't get the respect that we deserve, because we don't want to protect and control nothing. We want to just sell everything as quick as possible and get a big paycheck and then and then act like we balling and shining. Well, sometimes you got to do the work that requires you to sit on something and protect it and hold it down. That is a measure of masculinity, by the way. The masculinity is not measured by how shiny you are, how much shit you talk or how, how famous you are. Masculinity. I know rappers told you different, but that's not true. Masculinity is measured by what community, what what area can you hold down? Like just like in defense and football, a good defense a good can, can hold it down. They like we we're defending this house. We're defending this goal line. You ain't coming in our house and taking nothing. That's what masculinity actually is. In fact, this is true throughout the animal kingdom. Even giraffes and, and lions and gorillas, they they what the females choose their mates based on how much territory that male can actually control. This is true. Go look it up. Giraffes. I saw an old giraffe who was based. Basically, uh, these three ladies would all come and mate with him in mating season every year. Why? Well, because he had the most territory, right? So effectively, I would say as black men, the question becomes at the end of the day is what do we actually own and control? We, what do we as a collective own and control? Uh, not how high your income is, not how nice your car is, not how what kind of alligator shoes you got on or how, how smooth you talk. You got a lot of smooth talking people that can't really do nothing. What do you actually own and control and where are you actually putting in the work to be an owner of an asset? That that is a conversation I think that needs to be had. And I don't know if we have that conversation enough. I'm not trying to punt nobody. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. If you're not where you want to be, it's okay. We all start there. But but just understand that is the measure of wealth and power throughout this world. And I encourage you to kind of understand this. All right. So anyway, do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. You're watching DrBoysTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, and by the way, you guys know my PhD is in finance. So I buy a lot of stock. And so if you want to know some of the stocks that I'm buying, uh, feel free to text the word stock to 31996. I will send you profit alerts via text. Text the word stock to 31996. Uh, and also, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Dr. Boyce Watkins one. That's Dr. Boyce Watkins one. And in addition to that, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. So if you'd like to go get a copy of that book, feel free to go to boycewatkins.com. It's an Amazon bestseller. So thank you all for supporting the book. I know you're going to love it. The reviews are very good. All right. So hit the thumbs up button. So let me read some of this article. This is in Bleacher Report. And the title is Deion Sanders should be offered $166 million Colorado contract, says uh, former wide receiver uh, Bloom. I don't know who that is. They said, uh, uh, let's see here. Speaking of TMZ Sports, uh, Bloom, who's an agent uh, now, sports agent. They don't have his first name here. That's kind of weird. Uh, oh, Jeremy Bloom. I'm sorry. Um, he says that the Buffalo should give uh, Sanders a 10 year contract for 166 million. Uh, he says you got to put that in front of him because right now the buyout is just too small. Any team can come together, get a bunch of boosters, buy him out and give him some long term deals. 
Now, it can, this will give you some insights into how Dion's paid right now. And again, I told you he's underpaid. This is what this article is also saying, too. Uh, it says Sanders signed a five-year, $29.5 million contract when he was hired by Colorado in December 2022. Brian Howell of Buff Zone and the Boulder, Boulder Daily Camera reported details of Dion's buyout if he decides to leave the program. They said that Dion's deal is uh, five year, $5.9 million a year. He'll make $5.5 million the first year with raises of two hundred dollars every year. Up to now, $3.6 million paid to Carl Durrell this year was the most Colorado University has paid to a head coach. Sanders would owe Colorado University $15 million if he leaves in the first year. He would owe them $10 million if he leaves in the second year, owes them $8 million in the third year, and $5 million if he leaves after that. If Colorado fires Sanders at any point without cause, the school would owe him 75% of his contract. So that sounds like a pretty good deal, right? That if Dion uh, gets fired, they have to give him 75% of his money. Out of that $30 million, 75% is, uh, what's the number I'm looking for? What's it about? Uh, about $22.5 million. Is that right? Did I do the math right? About $22.5 million. That's pretty good, right? It sounds like a good deal, right? A lot of money. Well, that's nothing um, relative to what Dion is uh, bringing to the table economically. You know? and, and for those that don't quite understand how a salary like that should be determined, uh, your salary is not based on how hard you work. It's just not. It's not based on how good you are at your job. Unfortunately, I mean, it kind of sucks, right? You like because if, if it were based on how important your job was, how good you were at your job, and how hard you work, then teachers would be the highest paid people in this country. In fact, if, if that was a criteria right now, I think every teacher in America putting up these little crazy ass kids should get a quarter million a year, point blank. Every veteran, every veteran that's put his life, her or her life on the line to defend this country deserves, in my view, if they want to pay veterans a million dollars a year until death, I would totally support that. Because, um, you know, I have so much appreciation for what you do. Uh, but actually, in the world of economics, your income, what you get paid is generally connected to how much money you can bring in. Right. So that's why a guy like a Will Smith or something before even after slapping Chris Rock can go do a McDonald's commercial and spend 30 minutes and make more money in those 30 minutes than most of us can make in an entire year. Why? Well, because he's Will Smith. He's lending his brand. He's lending his uh, he's lending his uh, flash word name, image and likeness to the deal. Right. And name, image and likeness deals have become a huge part of college sports. And um, mostly it was something that related to athletes. Right. Which is which is really beneficial for Coach Prime because he can draw a lot of the best players because they all want to sit in his spotlight. Right. So they can get the same NIL deals that they, they, they're not similar, but not the same, but but high level deals like the ones that, that their coach is getting. Right. But it's not just the athletes that, that can get these deals. It's the coaches, too. So Coach Prime. By lending his name, image, and likeness to the University of Colorado was able to do things that hadn't been done in Colorado history. Like, for example, his game, uh, I believe his first game against TCU was the most highly viewed, or it was, maybe it was Nebraska. It was like the high, most highly viewed game in the history of the, the entire conference. Something crazy like that. So whenever you see something like that, whenever you see them make an announcement like that, I want you to hear the cha-chings that should be going off in your head because big money gets paid. Uh, you know, for for that kind of visibility. Right. So so what is going to bring uh, what what's going to bring great athletes to Colorado? What's going to make Coach Prime the most highly sought after coach in all of college sports is the fact that because of his shine and his spotlight is so big. Other players are going to be like, yo, I want to get in that spotlight. If I'm playing for Coach Prime and I'm doing great things, then I'm going to end up getting spotlight like he gets. And that's going to allow me to negotiate bigger name, image, and likeness deals. So that's a double whammy in his favor. This means that if Kyle, if Coach Prime gets you know shipped away to another school, it, it could be Florida State, it could be Alabama, it could be wherever, 
he's bringing all that with him. He's not just bringing a big brand and a big name. He's also bringing uh, – he's the Pied Piper of college sports now. All the best players are like, I want to play with that guy, which increases his likelihood of being able to win because he's already a great coach. He already knows how to win with good players. If you give him the best in the country, then he's going to start winning championships, which is really going to be beautiful for him, right? So so, so for Coach Prime, this is the dynamic that I see. Um, right now, what is being argued, and I agree with this 100%, is that his buyout, while it sounds like a lot, that they'd have to give him you know, $22 million if he if he chose to leave, uh, or he'd have to pay them $22 million, but he wouldn't pay it. The, the new university, his new employer would have to pay it, right? Um, and, and, you know, that that's nothing. That's nothing in the world of college sports. And, and this is important for black folks to understand because these are your athletes that they're buying and selling and using as bargaining chips. These are your athletes that are getting out there, putting uh, putting their lives on the line. These are mostly black players. There, there are a few white guys out there for sure. A lot of great ones. But but y'all know the impact of the black athlete. You all know. Give me a yes if you understand. If it's not crazy for me to say that the black athlete is something special. We are extraordinary in that area. We can do. There is no white version of Michael Jordan. Show me the white Michael Jordan. Has there ever been a white Michael Jordan anywhere? Has there ever been a white version of Shaquille O'Neal? Three hundred one pounds who can move like a ballerina, who could tear the rim down every time he dunked the ball. Right? Has there ever been? Who's the white Kobe? Y'all show me the white Kobe. We got we got Larry Bird, but Larry Bird wasn't the white Kobe. Larry Bird was just the white Larry Bird. He was great. He was great, but he wasn't Kobe great. He wasn't Shaquille O'Neal great. He was like, you know, go to the gym and shoot 3,000 jumpers a day kind of great, right? So Larry Bird was great, but he was great in a different way. So, so the black athlete is special. So because the black athlete is so special, that black athlete is worth is, is, is the booster of a trillion-dollar economy. That black athlete is keeping these universities afloat. Now, mind you, I'm not just speaking on this as somebody who's observed this. I've written about why athletes should be paid, and I've been writing about this for about 20, what years is this now? I've been writing about this for 28 years. I started writing about this in 1995. You can find articles of me back when I had a whole lot of hair and everything else, and I looked a lot younger, where I was explaining, because at that time I was teaching at the University of Kentucky, and I was explaining precisely why it makes no sense that college athletes are not being compensated and why this was a racial issue. This was yet one of the 10,000 reasons that black wealth isn't growing because when black people get something good, somebody comes along and they, they either buy it directly with a, write a bigger check or they just take it by changing the law. And that's what they did for many years. They created laws that said college athletes couldn't get paid, couldn't sell a name, image, and likeness deal, couldn't get a bag of potato chips that was not authorized by Massa. If they found out that you got a bag of groceries, even if you were starving, you're still gonna you're still gonna lose your eligibility. Y'all know how the rules work, and these were rules specifically designed to control and manage black people. No different from rules and codes that were written into the law in 1845. If you read Dr. Claude Anderson's book, Black Labor, White Wealth. I one time, one night when we were in class and this, the class is free, by the way, you, you know, we've been reading these books for years and going through them in detail. Um, there was one time where I read off 102 different laws that they created just to control and manage black people, just to keep black people in their place. Right. So if you think that they stopped doing that, you know, 100 and 200 years ago, you're out of your mind. So, so effectively, what this has done is it's created uh, such a huge, massive economic imbalance, a huge, massive imbalance of power that even when they when they claim to be doing things fairly, it's not fair. Because you know, if I tell you, if I if, if I'm racing you and I make you stand still for an hour while I'm running full speed or I'm driving my car full speed down the road and then I say, OK, 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 it wasn't right for me to do that to you. OK, now we're going to race. Now it's fair and square. 
Now, uh, now you, you can you can move your car and I'm gonna move mine, and whoever has the fastest car is gonna win. But you're already I'm already 80 miles ahead of you. You're not gonna catch me. You, it, our cars, especially, and then and then if I really want to mess with you, maybe uh you know I I give you the wrong map and, and have you driving backwards or driving in circles or whatever, right? So this is kind of what happens with black folks, right? There's nothing fair about the comparison of Jackson State and Colorado. There are a million and one things you can critique about HBCUs. Lord knows that there are. There are HBCUs are far from perfect, but you think Colorado's perfect? You think Colorado ain't they never done no harm to nobody? You don't, you don't understand, like, little basic things. Um, There's a lady, uh, Sherry Mitchell, who did a video about how the Klan used to be so deep in Colorado. They, like, literally, like, like not that many years ago, a few decades ago, the Klan was massive in Colorado. Like, 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 like I'm talking about politicians and lawyers and doctors and, and, and the mayor and all these people. You know, it, it, so Colorado was kind of a crazy place when it came to race. <clears throat> and what's so funny to me is that the first people who... Uh, who will criticize Jackson State and say, well, you know, they they did him wrong and somebody stole his shoes out of his locker and that's why he left because they they trifling. They they have nothing to say about these institutions that got billions of dollars in many cases by extracting wealth directly out of your community. I, I, I think that that is a mental illness. That's a mental health issue that we have to address because we're, we tend to be far more critical of ourselves than we are of other people or anybody else. Um, so uh, let me let me dig in. Let me finish up here, and um, and and we're gonna be done in a minute. Uh, do me a favor. Could you please hit the thumbs up button? Thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, my name is Doctor Boyce Watkins. You're watching DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. And I see some of y'all mentioning trolls in the chat. I don't even see the trolls. I'm not even looking. So if you're a troll, just but just know if, if you are a troll and I see you and I see you making saying a smart early comment, I'm gonna get you blocked up out of here because I'm not begging anybody to come to this channel. Being here is a privilege, it's not a right. So if you're a troll, you better be a quiet troll because you get too loud. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna block you out and you're gonna be blocked for life. So 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 ask your questions respectfully if you have any, but just so you know, I'm just going down uh the points here. I'm not even really uh trying to really uh do that type of back and forth at all anyway. All right, so. So here's one of the things that I, that I want you to kind of realize is that, um, you know, first of all, again, I reiterate, I'm a big fan of Deion Sanders and I have so much respect for him. That's one of the reasons why I was so disappointed when he left Jackson State. Uh, when I look at Jackson State um, and a lot of HBCUs, I see institutions that are struggling. And uh, one of the things that, that really concerned me was when I saw people that pretty much felt that if Jackson State wanted to keep Deion Sanders, they would have paid him the amount of money Colorado will pay him. And, uh, and the problem with that argument is that Jackson state ain't got the money. Colorado has um, a total of $2.7 billion in assets that they manage that they can use to simply go around and buy whatever they want. And they're not even, they're not even in the top. I don't even think they're in the top 20 or top 30 of white universities when it comes to um, endowments, right? Uh, they're, they're not, they're not even in the top 30. They're, they're very average and mediocre, uh, as far as white institutions go, there's nothing about their wealth level that makes, you know, America go, oh, my God, that's so much money. Right. Harvard's near the top. I think Yale and all, schools like that are at the top. Colorado's nowhere near the top. Right. And so so effectively, um, you know, when you say, well, Jackson State should have just simply outbid Colorado. Why didn't Jackson State pay him what he was worth? Well, again, that's like me leaving my wife for a rich white woman. You know, after my wife has stood by me through tough times, my wife got me to where I am today and then saying, well, you know, babe, hey, if you wanted to keep me, you would have gave me you would offer me the same amount of money that she offered me. But if she doesn't have the money, then that's a tough thing to say. And remember this, too, with Dion, um, 
HBCUs, as as much as you might want to criticize them, Jackson State was the only school that gave Dion a chance when nobody else wanted him. And this happens a lot in sports, actually. How many times have you seen this where there'll be some guy who uh, he's dating Sha- Shaniqua when he's broke, right? When he's in the hood struggling, when he's a high school basketball star without a nickel in his pocket, he'll be dating Shaniqua. And then suddenly when he signs that $100 million contract, he's married to Becky, right? He marries he marries a woman who is not black because now, now that he's been prepped and prepared, you know, for society, he's now sitting next to Kim Kardashian or or one of her her you know her evil stepsisters right and and I, and I personally think that's um kind of kind of weird you know and I think it's what's also weird is not just that it's so disrespectful to uh black women in the black community because it's almost like we're second rate right like there's like if we don't have the same money then there's nothing good about being around us um but also it is uh it is uh, it is the exact reason why a lot of your um, your wealth does not grow. It's the reason why your institutions uh, don't develop. It's, it's, it happens in a lot of your families. A lot of you have had great business ideas in your family. And somebody came along and said, hey, y'all, let's start this business. Let's get together and do this. We can make a lot of money doing this. And because it's not going to make fast money, everybody says, no, no, I ain't got time. I'm, I'm going to go to work. I, I knew a guy like that. He, he wanted to start a laundromat. And uh, he went to his brother. He said, hey, man, let's let's start this line, this dry cleaning business. I think we can make money. And uh, he said, but look, the first couple of years, we ain't going to make no money. But I think eventually we'll do OK. So his brother said, well, uh, I, I want to I, I need my money now. So I, I'm I, so you just go get and start get it started. Maybe I'll join in later. Well, years later, that brother that put his time and energy into the business became a millionaire. He, he became a million off these little dry cleaners or whatever that he created, like almost like George Jefferson style. And then that's when his brother came back and said, okay, I'll, I'll join you in your business now. I'll be a part of your little business now. And by then his brother was like, man, you can you get on out of here. You, you, you wasn't shooting buckets with me in the gym. You weren't putting in the work in the beginning. You want to join the bandwagon when the money's good, but you don't want to be here when it's time to do, to make the struggle. Right. And uh, and really, it, one thing I want you to understand is that if you talk about uh, the state of some of the HBCUs and some of the problems that they face, you know, Ed Reed, uh, another great player. Uh, and I think I think Ed got a little bit mad at me. I didn't mean to be too critical of him, but it Ed, Ed got mad at me. A friend of mine told me he was pretty pissed at me. I don't want to make Ed Reed mad at me because he he's a big, strong dude. But Ed Reed was at one of the HBCUs and was really pissed off because the condition of the school was terrible and uh, they did not have the resources in place that he needed to build a great football program. And um, and I totally understand that. But I think at the same time, my thought process is, well, this is not the Baltimore Ravens. Ed. This is not you know, this is not a multi-billion dollar football franchise. And I I guarantee you this. Pay attention now. I guarantee that if you had gone back, I think the Ravens used to be, didn't they used to be the Cleveland Browns? I bet you that if you went back 50 years, 60 years, pay attention. Now, listen, I need y'all to give me a guess if you're following me. If you went back 60 years and went back, back when Jim Brown was playing for the Cleveland Browns, I bet you that the same raggedy football field, the, the, the same or broken down facilities, the same uh, garbage ass uh, trashy field that they had at, at, at Bethune Cookman or wherever it was t- uh, was coaching at. I bet you the Cleveland Browns had the same damn thing. I bet you that if you went back to when you when you could buy the Green Bay Packers for one hundred and fifty bucks, I bet you they didn't have pristine facilities and and and, and multi million dollar stadiums and, and and big big old arenas and and all this glossy glossy shit. I bet you that they were pretty raggedy too. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
these all these institutions start raggedy. They all start raggedy. You're just mad because black people didn't get the same start as white people did. Why? Well, because they stole our stuff, held us back, kept us out of the game for 400 years. We're just now getting started. So you cannot compare a community that is just getting started to a community that got a three or 400 year head start. Stop that. It's not fair. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's what it is. It's nonsense. So look, if if you ain't ready for the hard work, I understand. It's 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 very difficult. It's very difficult to go back and do the the lonely, dry, really challenging work, the dusty work that's that that ain't gonna get you no shine. It ain't gonna when you just a struggling entrepreneur who's barely paying the bills. It ain't gonna get you no girls. It ain't gonna get you no fame. It ain't gonna get you no money in your pocket. You cannot buy a Lamborghini with the money that I was making when I first started my business because it was raggedy as hell, right? That that's what it is. So everybody's not built for that. But in order for somebody to shine, somebody has to pay the price. I need y'all to hear me when I say, did you hear what I just said? In order for the prime times to shine with the Dallas Cowboys, somebody 40, 50 years ago had to pay a price when the Cowboys were raggedy, when they couldn't barely make payroll, when they were struggling, when they didn't have the nicest facilities. Jerry Jones is sitting on $8 billion because somebody made a sacrifice 50, 60 years ago. Are you willing to make that sacrifice for your people too? Are you? That's my appeal to you that's my question stop comparing bethune cookman to the dallas cowboys the the, the cowboys their raggedy stage ended 60 70 years ago but go look at what the cowboys looked like in the 1940s and 1950s when they had those ugly little helmets y'all remember those ugly old school helmets they had that could barely protect your head and your face was exposed and guys are getting brain damage and dying at the age of 35 and stuff like that you you, y'all remember that that's what the NFL looked like in the beginning. It was raggedy. So some of your institutions in the beginning are raggedy. My little black business school, honestly, compared to major universities, is kind of raggedy. But I'm okay with that because I don't compare what I got going on. I don't compare our little two, three million dollar year budget to um to Harvard that has had a 400 year head start. You know what I do? I compare us to where Harvard was in their first five or six years. And I say, we're actually ahead of the game. We're doing quite well <laughs> because when Harvard first got started, they were so raggedy that they named the whole damn school after a guy named John Harvard. And all he did was give them one building. Their school was so raggedy. They couldn't even afford a building. The guy gave them a building. And he said, we're named the whole school after you. That's how Harvard became Harvard. John Harvard was not the founder of Harvard University. <laughs> that it was crazy to me, right? So, so this kind of these kinds of stories need to be shared, because because when you see when you're kind of being inundated with shiny Negroes on TV, because so and so got a job playing for the, you know, for the Cincinnati Bengals, or or this other guy got a job, you know, with, with Paramount Pictures, and somebody else got a job with, you know, working for some corporation or whatever, got a deal with Netflix or whatever. And, and, and they never they don't really show you how these companies started off at the beginning. You know, you're, you're literally seeing somebody who's simply riding on the train that was already moving for decades before they even got there. A lot of your institutional trains have not moved because you don't spend enough time learning about the people that are willing to do 
the less glamorous, extremely difficult work. The United States is a pretty powerful country, but the people who really did the work, your ancestors who didn't get the credit, but also their ancestors too. They had, they got ancestors too who contributed. So let's be clear about that. We got to be honest on that. But all of our ancestors, they were, they were, they were in the raggedy stage. They were, they were working hard. They went out west when there wasn't no, uh, it wasn't no McDonald's out there. wasn't no jobs. wasn't no universities. <laughs> they went out west when there was nothing but like wild buffalo and and, and Native Americans that wanted to kill you, perhaps rightfully so, and 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 Death Valley where you're gonna die trying to get across the damn desert. They did the raggedy work. So we 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 don't we got enough shiny black people on TV. We need more people willing to do the hard raggedy work. You know, and and I encourage anybody who's built like that to keep on working. You know, because in my book, you are the heroes of this community. You are the ones who are going to create our future, not not the shiny Negroes on TV. Now, I'm not making fun of I'm not talking. I'm not putting Dion in that category. I'm not disrespecting him at all. Um, in fact, the only reason I was sad to see him leave Jackson was because I believe in his talent and I have so much appreciation and respect for him. And I also want to see him win. I do not, I did not see him go to Colorado and say, man, I hope he loses. You know, I, I, that does not watching that man get beat does not make me feel better. I'm proud of him for being the best father he can to his children. I think he's an asset to the community. Um, I, I, I just, I just had to be honest in terms of what, in, in terms of my effort to try to be an asset to you. And that, that's just my two cents. And you don't have to agree with me. It's okay. If you disagree, that's all right. That's what we do. Sometimes we disagree. Okay, guys. So anyway, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna move on out, and um, and I hope this conversation was helpful to you. If you didn't agree with everything, that's okay. Join the club. Nobody agrees with me on everything, and uh, I wish Coach Prime the best in his next game and the rest of his season. And I will be watching because I am a big football fan. I'm also a big Deion Sanders fan. By the way, guys, we have a social media platform called Blood. Black Enough. If you'd like to join us at Black Enough, it's just like Facebook. We're moving away from Facebook, Instagram, and all that. But Black Enough is really cool. There's over 50,000 of you on Black Enough right now. If you'd like to join, um, but you have to answer a questionnaire because we don't want the wrong people in there. We don't want no ridiculousness, no immaturity, no ignorance. So <clears throat> if you're going to bring all that, then don't come because you won't get let in. If you get let in, you'll get banned. So, uh, But if you're interested, and this is for you, if you're B1, then you can feel free to go to blackenough.com. That's B-L-A-G-G-E-N-U-F. B-L-A-G-G-E-N-U-F.com. Uh, also, uh, if you want to join us at the All Black National Convention, uh, this is where we get together and we solve problems for our community. We build institutions for our community, Black-owned schools, Black-owned businesses, Black-owned families. Uh, that's what we believe in. Uh, feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com. It's going to be in Atlanta, October 20th through the 22nd. So you can feel free to go to allblacknationalconvention.com. Uh, convention.com. Lastly, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, it is a simple blueprint for any family that wants to build a generational legacy that's going to last for 400 years. Uh, if you'd like to uh, get a copy, uh, you can go to boycewatkins.com, also boycewatkins.com. There's lots of free resources there that you can pick up and uh, feel free to go to my website if there's anything there that will help you. Don't forget this podcast is on Spotify. It's also on Apple. So if you look up my name, Boyce Watkins, you can find it there. And also I have to mention my favorite rapper, Akilah Honda. I think she's performing in New York pretty soon and she's on tour right now. She she's doing some work with Rock Nation, which makes me really excited. And um, and, and she just represents, I think, what uh, the community wants to see in terms of just amazing black women and mothers that, that also can just flow. She can flow like crazy, but she also represents the best of us. So her website is akilasworld.com. So if you want to go support that young lady, I hope that you will. Uh, I put the, her uh, her address on the screen, A-K-I-L-A-H. 
sakilasworld.com. Okay, guys, uh, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. I'm going to get on out of here. I will check in with you guys later, and God bless you. See you soon. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Believe none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.